When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MGP. Good morning, good people. It is Saturday, July the 8th, 2023, and this is a brand new show over here on the Destination Debbie Radio feed, Untitled, with yours truly, Ray G, and I am excited. This is the first time I have hosted, I have recorded a solo podcast in almost two years. This is the first time. And then this does not include Wake Up. This does not include the trade show with me and Jay Rich. This does not include uh, underdog things that we do on the YouTube channel. A solo podcast with just myself. It's been almost two years removed since I've recorded my last one. And through that time, I've had the opportunity of watching other content creators grow. I've had the opportunity of building out Destination Devi to a place that I never honestly thought or even imagined it could be and it's continuing to grow and as I sit behind this microphone and watching myself on the computer recording this I would be remiss if I did not thank each and every listener each and every subscriber every person that clicks on our YouTube videos that listens to content whether that's 4D whether that was America's Game whether that's Jeff Mueller and the injury whether it's Jordan Richards you know Chase Cody Eugene Ike Scott Connor, obviously, Jordan Backus. I mean, we've got a talented crew of people at Destination Devi creating content that when I started this, it was only around collegiate prospects. That was it. It was Devi, 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 24 7, 365. And to be a full service dynasty slash college football resource for individuals, I'm, I'm so proud of the team, the people that have come into my life that I've surrounded myself with. And most importantly, I'm grateful for the people that have been along on this journey with me over the past almost four years now. And, you know, we are only going to continue to grow and get better and improve. But this was needed. I needed my outlet back. I needed my space to talk about things that I'm seeing, whether that's in fantasy football, whether that's in the NFL, the collegiate game, high school game. I needed my safe space back. I needed the place where I could vent. This is like my open diary. And this is what I want this show to be. So everybody that's tapping in for the very first time or have never heard me on a solo podcast before, let me just let you know right now what this show will not be. You go through the entire week. Monday, you get Scott Connor, the sharpest dynasty mind in fantasy football, hands down. Strategy, leverage, process. You get that on Monday. That's one of the shows where you probably need to go back and listen to that a couple of times to really, really get the gist of what's going on. And even then, you probably need a little more, a little more hand holding through some of those processes because his layer of strategy, the way that he thinks about dynasty is is just different. So you get that on Mondays. On Tuesdays, Jay Rich has got a new show, straight to the bank. So you get him talking through fantasy football from a monetary lens with betting with 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 all types of different things right whatever the hell Jay Rich is going to talk about weekly Wednesday the overreaction pod two of the young up-and-coming stars you get them chasing Cody on Wednesdays you get Gene and Ike on Thursdays off the line y'all know what they bring to the table they love them some underdog redraft horse you get them on Thursday and then you get the 40 boys on Friday strategy 
best ball, dynasty, leverage, process. When you wake up Saturday morning and you pull this up and you see this hit your radio feed, the one thing I want everybody to know what this will not be, this is not going to be strategy. You've spent the entire week consuming strategy from Destination Devi team members, consuming process, consuming leverage. It's important in life to take a little break. Whether that's fantasy football, your job, relationship, sport, you gotta take a little break from time to time. So with this show, we're gonna talk. We're just gonna hang out. We're gonna talk. We're definitely gonna talk fantasy football. We're gonna talk the NFL game. We're gonna talk college. Talk about my kids, your kids, relationships, shit that's happening. Like we're just going to talk about what's going on in the world. All right, maybe not the world. I'm not going to go that far. I don't want to be that dramatic with it, but you get the point. This is going to be a show in which I want you to think. When we get done here, when we get done talking, however long we go, there's no, there's no time limit. Some shows may be longer. Some shows may, shows may be shorter. But when we're done, I want you to think about some things, right? I hope that for the thousands of people that will listen to this, you know, I make you happy. I make you smile. Hopefully, I make you angry, make you think about some things. But that's what's important. That's what's required in life to grow. You got to think. You've got you've to think and look at things differently. And in the two years that I've sort of sat back and, you know, built out Destination Devi to where it is today, I've had a lot of time to observe, to think, to follow, to watch. And there's a ton, a ton of awesome new content creators that have hit the block since, since I've started, right? There's some phenomenal people, some phenomenal resources in this space. But I continue to preach from any pulpit or mountaintop that will give me the platform, be mindful of the content you consume. What are you here for? Why are you here? Why are you listening to this? Why are you tapped in to Destination Debbie five days a week? Soon six days a week. Why are you locked in? It's because you know, you know that the collection of individuals that we have here on this team are phenomenal when it comes to dynasty fantasy football and the strategy that is required to be proficient at this game that we play. And I think we have that team. You know, there was a point in time throughout my career where I would take the back seat. I would acquiesce. I would, I would look at other people, other counterparts in this space and be like, ah, that's, the, that's the king right there. That's the guy. And while I respect everybody, man, you'll never see me. I've never been one to bicker on Twitter. I ain't got time for that shit, right? Not going to do that. I'm not going to get on there, argue, fight. Not going to slam analysts. That's not, that's not how I do. But I know the team that we've assembled and are creating over here, I put this crew up against anybody in the fantasy space because a lot of people talk that talk. A lot of people talk that dynasty talk, telling you to buy and sell. We live it. We do it. We talk about it, right or wrong. We are open to grow. We are open to learning, and that's why we have built the type of community that we've built over here at Destination Debbie, and I'm excited to continue that growth, right? I'm excited to extend and, and, and reach out to, to even further quadrants of the space to talk through football and fantasy because that's really where you get that clear-eyed view, right? You know you go to the optometrist and you're sitting there and you know, you're, you're close to the end of the appointment and you know, A or B, you're clicking the thing and you're like, ah, A, or one or two, three or four, one or three. Now, sometimes the shit is minuscule, right? From one to three, you can see out of one. The way that you're doing it now, you can see. But I just want to clear that up, clear that up, make you focus a little more. Put that, put that number three, flip that thing down. That's what we're doing over here. And I'm excited because somebody that I have literally grown with throughout this space um, is a part of this team, is an integral part of the Destination Devi team. And I'm talking about the, the one and only Scott Connor. And to watch his growth and 
to interact with him. And a lot of you, you know, you, you, our relationship has, is truly, that is somebody that if he were to ring my doorbell tomorrow, he'd come inside and we just start kicking it. Like we've been long time, long time homies, you know, we got a new show and that's what it's going to be based on. It's going to be my approach to the game is very simple. My approach to football in the game is very, very simple. I mean, the teams, the game, tells you everything that you, a lot of the things that you need to know about players, schemes, situations, if you don't have blinders on. If you're just open to being wrong in your process or evaluation and sort of following the money, per se, following the team structure, signings, players that were released, draft capital. The teams are telling you what they think about these guys. Think about these players. Think about these roles. And that's how I approach it. I, I, I truly don't believe that the game of football is complicated. I've, I've said this thousands of times. Football does not have to be complicated. Let's simplify what this is. Let's not make this more convoluted than what the game really is. Can you fucking ball or not? Right? Are you going to get the opportunity to ball or not? Can you stay on the field? Can you make a play? Can you complete a pass? Can you break a tackle? That's all football is. And it's not going to change. It's been like that since the beginning of time. There's leather helmets and the enormous shoulder pads and neck rolls and all of the changes, it still just boils down to running, tackling, catching, passing, discipline, commitment, focus. That's what it is. That's life, though. That We always talk about sports and how much they mirror or have similarities to everyday things in life. We talked about those basic things that is required to be successful in football. I don't care if it's pop corner or the NFL. You got to tackle. You got to catch. You got to be able to throw the ball. You got to break a tackle. You got to stop somebody on fourth down. And that is what, that is what I want people to appreciate about what we do, how we're doing it, and how we're going to continue to dominate this process space. Because it is a process. Life is a process. This game is a process. And I was listening to a, um, uh, I saw a tweet the other day, and it gave me chills. Just listening to the individual that was speaking, watching the emotion, looking at the players. And I'm going to play that for you because I, I, this is, this literally goosebumps down my spine when I heard this. I used to ask cats one question when they got here when I played football here. One question. Can you be committed to the process of what you're doing without being emotionally attached to the results of what you're doing? And there it is right there. That is a clip. And I, I want to play it again, but I'm just going to say it and we're going to talk through that. But that is a clip from former University of Tennessee football player, Inky Johnson, he played football for the University of Tennessee up until I believe it was like 2005 or 2006, and he suffered an injury, and it paralyzed, I believe it was his left right arm, it was his right arm, and now he's a motivational speaker, he's an author, one of the best motivational speakers in this world. And what he said in this speech to University of Tennessee football players was, can you be committed to the process of what you're doing without being emotionally attached to the results. I'm gonna let that sink in real quick. I'm gonna say it one more time and I'm gonna just, just marinate on that. And I want you to think about that from fantasy football lens, from uh, that physical fitness and health journey, work, school, relationships. Let me say this again. Can you be committed to the process of what you're doing without being emotionally attached to the results. I mean, that is, 
if if that doesn't just stop you and make you think about some things, right? And let's take it from a fantasy perspective because I truly, uh, I'm a believer now. You know, the ray of two years ago was just film, film, film. That's the only thing that matters is the individual talent of the player. And throughout these two years of, of me just learning and growing and being open, I've said many times on Wake Up, if you were to ask me, do I consider myself the age-old Dynasty War hot topic button, right? Are you team film or team analytics? And that that, that used to be one of the, the trigger points on Twitter back in the day. You don't see it around as much anymore. But I would consider myself more of an analytics mind. The way that I approach fantasy football now is a lot more data-based or at least motivated by the data. I do believe that there is significant context that is lost or acquired by those who do pay attention to the game. But back to process and being committed to a process without being emotionally attached to the results, it's one of the things that we preach and talk about a lot over here within our community is the process, right? And a lot of times the process is not easy. The process is not sexy. The process is not attractive. The process is not what most people want to do because the process is difficult. I mean, apply that to whatever it is you want in life. You want a six pack? Want to be able to take a shirt off, feel good, look good? Want to be able to run a fast mile? You want to be able to do a, a, a pull up? You want to be a better cook? You want to be a better baker? You want to be better at your craft of being a car detailer. In order to get there, in order to achieve what you want to do, you are going to have to do some things that most people don't want to do. And when I sit back and I look at the state of just fantasy football today, I see very little process. I see very little process. I see very little rationale, any rhyme, any reason as to why you recommend somebody do this. Besides your opinion, of course, which literally means nothing. It means something. Let, let me not say that. Your people's opinion is only as good as those who value it, right? So if you value my opinion, then it means something. If you don't, then it means absolutely nothing. Pretty self-explanatory, but having... A process to what you want to do is critical. It's critical. Fantasy football, life. And as I look at the state of where the game is today, I think you got a lot of posers out there. I think there's a lot of fakers out there. I think there's a lot of people that preach this stuff and don't do it. They're telling you to sell this player, buy that player, do this, do that. This is who you should draft. Just do it because we've always done it this way. You draft that running back and there you're locked and loaded starter for the next five years. When really I sit back and look at Dynasty and say it's no different than redraft now. It's a year-to-year game. It's a seasonal game. Football is just changing. The game is changing. Do you guys not see it? It's happening right now in front. The game is changing. The players are changing. The philosophies that coaches go about approaching Concepts, whether it's run, pass, usage, the game is changing. Therefore, I'm not telling you you have to change, but what you got to do is be open-minded to that change. Be committed to a process. Be committed. Commitment is hard. Commitment is not easy. Commitment is difficult. Commitment is hard work. And then when you, have a, when you add process to that commitment, it makes it even more difficult. But over the long term, if you have a sound process, if you have a sound strategy, and you have the dynasty discipline to execute said plan and be committed to said plan, you will be successful. You will be. That does not mean you will not fail. That does not mean you will go without blunder or without flaw or without regret from time to time that will happen but if you are committed to a process player agnostic I don't care who the player is I can see the warp I can look at how 
impactful this player is on my roster, given the team, given the settings, given the four. It's so difficult, y'all. You know, I talk about it all the time when we do the trade show. How difficult and impossible of a task it truly is to provide people advice on a trade in a 15-second, 60-second snapshot. You want to you be able to tell the analyst, the service, the company, the fantasy resource that's actually going to help you out, that's trying to help you out. Let me give you a, a very simple layout and example. Whoever you trust, whoever you subscribe to, whoever you listen to, whoever you follow, the next time they tell you to buy or sell a player, if they're not asking you format, roster size, league settings, before they even give you an answer as to who you should trade or, or sign or pick up or draft, cancel that subscription. Cancel it. Cancel it. Come holler at us at DestinationDevyPatreon.com forward slash all gas. We'll steer you in the right direction because that is what's required in order to give a real opinion, to give you some actionable advice. I need all that. I don't need the, just the end meal. I need the TikTok. I need to know how the clock was built because it's very different in a start nine versus a start 13. It's very different in a point per carry versus uh, half PPR inflated tight end, start two tight ends, is it best ball? There are so many questions that probably need to be asked in the diagnostic of your team, of your trade, prior to me giving you player A over player B. And that's that's part of being committed to that process of being better at this game that we play. Commitment. Process. And then the key to this quote, the key to this committed to the process and the results portion is the without. Without. Can you be committed to the process of the deals, of the moves, of the structure, of the framework, of the plan? Can you be committed to that without being emotionally attached to the results? I mean, if this isn't freaking fantasy football in a nutshell, I don't know what I, I don't know what else to I, I don't know if there's a better example. Because everybody's committed to a process when the results are what they want. And the emotion that is elicited from said results are a happy one, are positive. But when something goes awry, when something goes astray, when you're wrong, because you will be wrong. We will be wrong. We'll be right a lot, but we will be wrong. But when you are wrong, as long as you are not emotionally attached to that, and maybe part of that is playing in a multitude of leagues, having a portfolio of places that you can go. Scott talks about this all the time, the portfolio. Right? If I'm in 30 leagues and I trade five 101s or I draft five Bijans and I draft in the other couple of leagues, I draft three Anthony Richardsons. It's okay. It's okay. If one of them busts, it will be okay. It will be okay. Do not get emotionally attached to these results in this game that we play. If you took Anthony Richardson 101 and he doesn't work out, I promise you, three years from now, when the next six foot five, 240-pound freak that runs a 4-3 comes along, you'll be drafting that player just the same. Especially if they get the type of capital. If it doesn't work out, it's going to be okay. But if there was a process, and if you're committed to that process, even when the results are counter to what you want, you will be okay. You cannot be emotionally attached to just positive results. Conversely, you can't be dissuaded from the process, from your commitment, if in year one it doesn't pay off. It's okay. It will be okay. Stay committed. You know, over the past year, I've been into plus EV betting. For a long time, it was just I'd stare at numbers and I'd try to guess oh, this team, that team, I think, da 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 I've got it. That's all I do now 
is plus EV betting. If it's not plus EV, I don't take it. Some days are good. Some days are awful. I've had stretches where I've lost thousands of dollars in a night, multiple nights, but I'm committed to the process. And over the long haul, mathematically, when you're making sound strategic moves, when you're making bets that are plus EV, and that's essentially what you're trying to do in Dynasty, because let's get it straight. You can taxi as many players as you want. You have zero damn impact on the development of said player. So if you're still taxiing some, some Tristan Ebners from a couple of years ago in hopes that he can get it together after his stint in the XFL, and you just know that in a couple of years, that fifth-year undrafted free agent running back is going to smash for you because you've had him stashed away, stop. Stop. Shit that I used to do, I used to do it. Last time I was hosting this pod, I used to do it. I was the one telling you to go go get that Keelan Doss by any means necessary. Stash him away, and in two years, you can have you a dope wide receiver six. Those are the, those are the things that we cannot continue to do in Dynasty. And as I sit back and I watch the state of fantasy football, you see a lot of that going on right now. Oh, make sure you stash away that Zach Evans. I'm telling you right now, once he gets the opportunity, it's it's wheels up. I'm telling you, that Darwin time, it is time to elevate your mind state when you're thinking about dynasty fantasy football, when you approach this game. What type of player do you want to be? What are you here for? If you want to dive in deep, if you truly want to not just hear my opinion or Scott's opinion or Jay Rich's opinion, but have that opinion layered in fact, in data, in tools, in analytics, in something that I can take your specific league and show you why George Pickens does not matter. There's no better place to be, and that's the type of shit that we're on. We are committed to a process. We are committed to a process, and I am not emotionally attached to the results. I'm not. Jameer Gibbs, if you stink, you were first-round running back. I got to take you, right? We're all drafting you. Those are the results. The likelihood of what we just saw here in 2023 is there going to be multiple guys that are just mid, right, that are just okay, we look at the three quarterbacks at the top. Likelihood, likelihood, one of those guys probably isn't going to pan out. All those receivers that we love, the Josh Downses, the Mingos, the Rasheed Rices in Kansas City, this receiver, that receiver, Addison, JSN, QJ, some of these guys aren't going to be good, and we know that. We know that. So don't be so emotionally attached when things don't go right, to process deals that you make. Because if you trust and believe and are committed to that process, that's what drives you, not the result. The commitment to the process should drive you. Yes, you want to see positive results. You continue to work out and you're eating right and you're dieting and you're drinking your gallon of water a day. Damn it, I need to see some results. Absolutely. There need to be results attached to any process, right? There has to be an outcome. There has to be a finding. There has to be something to say this works or does not work. But what you cannot do is only be fixated on that piece of it, which I see so many people, that's what they want. They want the immediate gratification, the immediate satisfaction, the immediate win. If they don't turn it around... You've wrecked your team for three years. Ray, I've tried this process and it didn't work in year one. I should have just kept doing what I was doing. That's a loser's mentality. That's a loser's mentality. That's a quitter's mind frame. That ain't what I'm about. And that's not what being committed to a process is about. So as we sit back and we think about this, and I want everybody, everybody to just think about that. As you move forward today, as you move forward next month, as you move forward next year, can you be committed in your life, in fantasy, in whatever it is that you do? 
can you be disciplined and be committed to a process without being fixated and emotionally attached to results? Because we know emotion. We all do stupid shit. We've all done it. Emotionally, you're in the moment. You're feeling good. You think you could jump off the roof of the house and you're going to land it. Next thing you know, you snap your damn ankle. Right? You're up late. You're feeling good. You just made a trade. Now you get trade happy and you sent out a couple of more and you probably made a couple of stinkers inside of that emotionally. Right? Emotion gets the best of us. So it's always important to make sure you have a plan, strategy, and be committed to that process. You know, I was talking about the game is changing. State of fantasy football, the state of football in general. It's much different today than it was five years ago. And I think we're going to continue to see the game shift, the game change, players change, the caliber, the archetype, the way that coaches call games, the way they deploy assets, the way they deploy players. Game is changing right in front of us. We've, we just saw it, this free agency period with the running back position and how devalued that position is how important they are on the field, right? To grind the yards, to move the sticks, to catch the passes, to protect the quarterback, to pick up yards, to convert that fourth down. So important, so critical. Yet the, I honestly can't think of a worse position in all of sports from what you have to give up, what's required of you and your body, and the return on that physical investment that you have to make than the running back position. It's, it's, it's by far the worst position in, in the NFL in football. But of the, of the three, four major sports, I, I don't know, maybe there's a position in hockey that I'm not sure of. But we see the way that the NFL treats these running backs today. I said it a bunch of times on Wake Up. I'm very curious as to what the Indianapolis Colts do with Jonathan Taylor. I think that will be a big litmus test. And they've said that they are already talking about an extension with him, which is good to hear. What's that look like? What's that look like for old Jonathan Taylor? And now we're here and we've got the Dynasty RB2, according to Keep Trade Cut, Brees Hall, tweeting out cryptic, Messages to the world, the notepad, like he's taking notes. We know what that means. That's that's not just a, he didn't slip of the finger. He knew what he was doing. He hears the chatter. He sees the noise in the chatter is Dalvin Cook to the Jets. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. No idea. I have no insider information on that. What I do know is... This is the second time a running back has been rumored to the Jets in some capacity. We laughed and scoffed at the fact that they were interested or were supposedly interested in Jameer Gibbs. Said that was complete BS. No way. Mm -mm, they've got Brees Hall. No way. No way could the Jets be interested in Jameer Gibbs. And now Dalvin Cook. Got the Patriots in the mix, the Dolphins in the mix, and apparently the Jets, just an AFC East party for old Dalvin Cook. But if you sit back and you just you close your eyes and you just listen, listen to what the teams have been telling us. Jalen Waddle goes out there as a rookie, phenomenal rookie. He breaks the freaking rookie receptions record. Come on, Waddle. That's with him missing damn near his entire junior season. Man was just coming back. There was a couple of games from Miami where it looked like he was still dragging that leg. Jalen Waddle, phenomenal rookie season. What do the Dolphins do? What do the Dolphins do? Very next season, what do the Dolphins do? Shit, we got to go get Tyreek. <laughs> you know, Waddle, you dope. I'll go get Tyreek. Tyreek comes in, smashes, does Tyreek Hill things. Damn near 2,000 receiving yards, year one. Supposed to be a down season for Tyreek Hill. Team told us, Waddle's dope. Waddle's good, but we need another dude. And we went out and got the dude. One of the most rare unicorn-type receivers we've seen in a very long time. Doesn't look like Calvin Johnson. But production-wise, what he's able to do, 
how he impacts defenses, what he brings to an offense, rare. Devontae Smith, damn near 1,000 yards as a rookie. What's the team do very next offseason? Bring in A.J. Brown. Not any receiver. They didn't go bring in a Jacoby Myers. They didn't go bring in Nelson Aguilar. They brought in A.J. Brown. Right? Devontae Smith still had a phenomenal season in his second year. But A.J. Brown was better. T. Higgins was great until Jamar Chase got there. Teams are telling us what they think about players. And sometimes that is juxtaposed to what we want to believe as fantasy analysts. And I think that's one of the bigger flaws that I've seen in this space as I sit back and observe the state of fantasy football is how emotionally attached to being right, wink, wink, the results fantasy analysts are. Yes, we all want to be, I want to provide more takes that end up on the side of right than wrong. Of course, who doesn't? But when you're wrong, instead of internalizing that as it is an indictment on you, the person, if you have a process, if you have some reasoning, if you have a rationale for why you recommended said player, said asset, you can go tweak your process and you can live with the result, right? Damn, I was wrong and I see where I messed up. I know that moving forward, if we've got a prospect that looks like Rondell Moore, who spectacular in his freshman season at Purdue, spectacular breakout age, all of that stuff, dominator rating, smash, checkbox, great, destroyed Ohio State, awesome, awesome, awesome. But he did that all with yards after the catch. If I am relying on a five foot seven, 180 pound receiver to out yak NFL defenders, that is bad process. Right? I can go back and look at all the reasons why I loved a player like Rondell Moore, why I loved a player like Jalen Rager, and go back and say, this type of performance, this type of player skill set archetype just does not work in the NFL. Or if it does, it is so rare. It is so infrequent that it is a bad bet to place significant rookie capital or startup capital in an asset that looks like this. You cannot out-yak people in the NFL. If that is the only thing that you can do, you're not going to be worth a squat. You're just not. You're not. You've got to do more than just that. So when you have a process, you can go back and refine. I can go. I will not make that mistake again. Will not. If I see that, red flag. If that's all you can do, if that's where your production is coming from, red flag, we're going to pump the brakes. Now, you're not, you can't ignore capital, right? Rager got capital. Rondell Moore was a top 50 pick. So you can't ignore the capital, but you can temper those expectations, right? You can temper those expectations. But you don't see a lot of process conversation. This is not sexy. Again, it's not, it's not fun. It's not sexy. When I go tell you to trade Justin Jefferson, if I tell you to go trade B. John Robinson right now, today, you think I'm crazy. Right? Why on earth would you do such a thing? You haven't even seen B. John Robinson play, and you're telling me to go out here and sell him. Bijan Robinson's a dynasty RB1. There's nowhere to go. He's there. He's ascended. He's peaked. He's at his peak right now, probably. And sure, you can say, no, 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 Ray. His peak is going to be when he has a 200-yard game week four. That's gonna, No, that's not going to be his peak. That's going to be unobtainable land, right? Because what you're going to want at that point in time, nobody's going to pay. No one's going to give you five first-round picks for B. John Robinson. Like he's at his peak. And we've seen this time and time again that when these players hit this peak market value range, that's when you got a decision to make. And that's when I go back and I ask, what's your league? What are the settings? How many, how many starters? What's the bench look like? What's league activity? 
What's your future draft capital look like? I need to know your situation. Because we talk about it so many times. Are you ready? Is your team ready for that Bijan Robinson? Because all it takes is a damn injury. Brees Hall is still valued as RB2. And I still think Brees Hall is going to be a dope running back. But you're talking about a guy now going into his second year, a year after tearing his ACL as a rookie, probably knowing that the best version of Brees Hall we're not going to get that this year, even if he's good, the best version of him will get that a year removed. So now you're going into year three, Brees Hall. And I know right now, today, year three Brees Hall sounds very young, relatively fresh, not a big deal. Go back and just look at how many running backs over the last 10 years have just stayed right in there. Even the great Christian McCaffrey, there was a point where people were panicked on him. Jonathan Taylor, I see it right now. I don't know about that JT. I don't know. ETN, Najee Harris, all these guys. The game. 60% or 40% or what are you? Not many 60 percenters in the NFL. 60% workload. Got a lot of 40 percenters, a lot of running backs that are going to be committee guys. Very few, very few in the traditional sense of the word, bell cows left in the NFL. And you look at college, I don't know how many of them are coming. I love Rocket Sanders. Love him. Think he's phenomenal. I don't think he's some all-world talent. He's just the best of what's there in 24. Braylon Allen. I don't think he's some generational type. I don't think he's even close to Derrick Henry. But he's the best big power back that we have in 2024. He's the best one. You just look at the history of Wisconsin running backs. I mean, my God, just off the top of my head, James White, Ron Dane, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor. Braylon Allen isn't in that. He's not in that category. Monte Ball. Right? Just because you're the best of what's there doesn't make you special. Doesn't make you a uh, 60 percenter. Doesn't make you a bell cow. And when you look at Brees Hall in this current situation right now, could he do it? I'm sure he could. But if I were the Jets, it would be, it is a sound football move to bring in a Dalvin Cook. The Jets are on a two-year window with Aaron Rodgers, with Robert Sala, with this defense under contract, young. They don't have to pay sauce for a little bit. You're good there. Got youth at the offensive line. You don't have to pay Garrett Wilson. They've got two years to get it done. And damn it. Unlike Dynasty, they don't have two years to stash Brees away until he gets ready, and then we'll try to compete. They got to go get it right now. So, yes, I do think there's a real possibility that Dalvin Cook is a Jet. And if he's a Jet, that's probably not good for any of us. It's not good for Dalvin. It's not good for Brees Hall. It's great for the Jets. It's great for Aaron Rodgers. It's great for Woody Johnson. It's great for what Robert Salah. It's horrible for us. I could say that about New England. It would make sense. I get it. If I'm the Patriots, do I want to go into the season with Pierre Strong and Kevin Ayers? Hell no. Shit, no. Ramondre Stevenson admitted, I was worn out at the end of the season last year. I was worn out. Love Ramondre. They got to have somebody that can spell him, that can run in tandem with him. And the same thing is happening across NFL team and NFL team alike. Najee Harris, I get it. You may not like Jalen Warren. You may not think Jalen Warren is anything special, but it doesn't matter what you think. The team is going to play the guy. He's not coming off of the field. They're not going to put him on the bench. They gave him opportunity. He performed well in opportunity last year. They brought nobody in to compete with him. Jalen Warren is playing, and he probably needs to play. You don't need to slam Najee Harris up the gut 350 times. Why do you need to use him in the receiving game? Let him just run the rock up the A-gap. Get Jalen Warren in space. This is the game today. 
It has changed. It is changing and it will forever be changed because that's what football is. Football evolves. Football is not static. Football does not remain the same. The game changes just like we're grinding the margins, grinding to find little edges. So are teams. The quicker you can come to grips with this, I promise you, just like we were talking about when you're sitting at the optometrist and you're getting your eyes examined, you probably can see now, but I just want you to see a little clearer. I want to help you see a little clearer the picture of the game in which we're playing, if you want to be good at this. And you got people over here right now. I'm in leagues with these industry cats. Me and Scott are taking them down, running circles around these people. Because so many people are emotionally attached to their result and their result only. And they're not open-minded and they're not willing to look at things from multiple angles. And I can talk about this all damn day. Whether it's Brock Purdy in the 49ers situation, whether it's delusional Cowboys fans that think they can find better than Dak Prescott, whether that's you know, the, 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 the entire conundrum that we're talking about with Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young. It's being aware. It's understanding that because this game changes annually, literally every year, this game has changed. Whether it's the caliber of athlete, the coaching style, the quarterbacks. We can talk about quarterbacks all day. I want to do a show. The value of the quarterback position right now, the state of the quarterback. Are we overvaluing the top guys? Has the pendulum swung too far in the direction of the, what I quote and coin, the BAM-tier quarterback? By any means necessary, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Has it swung too far? Are we too invested in the quarterback? One of the things that you're going to hear throughout this untitled show is me pump up auctions. I just, uh, at this, this stage of my fantasy football, and let me be clear, dynasty fantasy football career, I got no time for snake. None. Zero. Zero. You invite me to your league and it's a snake startup, I'm probably not going to do it. ADP is irrelevant to me outside of underdog. Don't care. Do not care where people who are drafting, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a top 10 dynasty-wide receiver where they, where they would take these guys in a startup. It's, it, it's irrelevant to me. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. Outside of underdog ADP, I could not tell you where players are going in a startup because I am auctioned through and through, 1,000%. And in those auction leagues, I'm seeing these quarterbacks, and let's just say a $1,000 budget go for 30, 35%, 40-plus percent of a $1,000 budget. And I've just, you know, I've been thinking, and this is a topic, and maybe Scott and I will dive into this on our show that's going to release on YouTube in a couple of weeks live. Make sure you check it out. Destination Chill Live on the Destination Debbie YouTube channel. Subscribe there if you have not. Scott and I on the 23rd, I believe, or the week of the 23rd, something like that, we'll, uh, we'll launch our first episode. But that's what we're spending on these quarterbacks. And as you go down the board of the quarterback ranks, you can get a Daniel Jones, right, who's got just as good a chance to finish as a top five quarterback as I'd say Justin Herbert. I know people don't want to hear that. I know people don't like the sound of that. I know that's not sexy. I know that's not, that's not popular. But what we saw from Daniel Jones last year, I meant shit, if I can get a $150 discount or a multiple round startup discount on a quarterback who theoretically can produce similar, similar fantasy production, I'm not talking about NFL wins or who's going to be the damn Hall of Famer in 15 years. But in this year-to-year game that we play, am I spending too damn much money on these top-tier quarterbacks? Has it swung too far? Conversely, it seems like the last time I was doing a solo show, 
running backs were the craze. Everybody loved running backs, and now nobody wants them. And again, I ask the same question. Has the pendulum swung too far in the opposite direction? Are we devaluing the right running backs? Not all. The right. Saw a report today that Alvin Kamara may not miss any time. Whew. What a value. ADP on underdog. I know he's right around the 100 and somewhere in that 100 to 110 range. What a value if he doesn't miss any time. Good luck for the Kendra Miller truthers, and I love me some Kendra, but if AK-41 is there, he's going to be the one getting the ball. You know, the right ones, have we devalued them to where there is some sort of advantage to having a couple of those guys? Having the 28-year-old Austin Eckler, having the 30-year-old Derrick Henry, acquiring the 29-year-old Aaron Jones, and foregoing the Brees Halls, the year two, ACL recovery running back, avoiding the... It's mind-blowing to me the amount of people in underdog who are drafting Javonta Williams over Alvin Kamara. I'm just... What are we doing? What are we... What are we doing? I'm as excited for Javonta Williams as the next, but my God, he's got the Gronkowski on his knee. I'm seeing it. I see it. That's somebody I don't have a lot of confidence in toting the rock 28 times come September, October. But we're attached to the name. Got to have that Javanta. Got to have him. Derrick Henry, too old. Alvin Kamara, too old and suspended and just not good. Just too old. Just too damn old. Can't do it. Henry, we've been trying to kill him for about four years, and he just keeps coming back. Keeps coming back. So, in that same token, have we, have we gone too far in that running back position? Elevating these receivers. You've seen receivers fly left and right. God damn it, I don't want to draft Terry McLaurin in the damn third, fourth round in underdog. Why do I have to do this? Why are you guys doing this? Why are you driving up players who literally are in a cluster of a bunch of others? You go look at Warp for those receivers, and it's just a flat line of a bunch of the same. But this is, this is what fantasy has become. This is the state of where we're at, when you try to talk through some process, when you try to lay out the case, that ain't that's not what gets the clicks, right? It's not what gets. The, I saw an article the other day, man. I, I and I, I listen. I, I'm not here to to to. That's just not what I do. I'm not gonna shit on people. That's just not what I do. But the article was talking about wide receiver threes and fours and why you should be drafting them and why these guys who are the third, fourth, fifth option on their respective teams could finish as a, as a wide receiver one? What? Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Like, what on earth are we... What is this? What is this? Kendrick Bourne? If Kendrick Bourne finishes as a top 12 receiver this year, I'm done. I'm, I'm shutting it down. It's over. I will turn over full authority of destination Debbie to Jay Rich. It's his. My God. And that and, and this is being published on, on big name sites. Like, what is the process of do you understand the advice or the recommendation that you just that a Kendrick Bourne can be a top two? Do you know what would have to happen in order for that to happen? We're talking about a player who's got sub 10% market share as is. And you and you want me to believe that he can finish as a one? It's the state of where we're at. Be mindful of the content you consume. Hell no, we ain't always right. Absolutely not. Nor would I, nor would I ever try to put it out there that we got all the answers. That I have all the answers, that Scott has all the answers, that Jay Rich, that Chase and Cody. Mike and Adam, Gene and Ike, we got all the answers. I never would put that out there. What I can tell you is we got a process. Got a process. And I'm committed. I've got the dynasty discipline to be committed to that process. And you know, the beauty of being committed to a process is it is truly non-discriminatory. It doesn't matter of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. It doesn't matter what result you are aiming for. If you stick to it, 
long enough and you're committed, you will be successful. I started taking my son. Um, you guys have probably heard me talk about him many times on the Wake Up Show, but six years old and he's a little baseball player and he enjoys it. So we decided to put him into private training lessons earlier this year. I think it was around February. I got some videos of when he first started. I mean, he's in the cage and it's looking bad. It's looking bad. And I thought he was all right going into it. I was like, he'll be good. Gets in there. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. He can't hit it off the tee. You know, I'm like, damn, is this the same kid? Paying 60 bucks a lesson. Come on, man. 30 minutes. You got to get going. But he wanted to go. He practices in the backyard. We get the green training balls that are tiny. And he's working. And he's working. And he's learning. And he's watching. And he's open to coaching to new ways. Even at six years old. And in just a matter of months, I'm in there watching him on Monday. And I'm just like, wow, look at him. You know, they're measuring bat speed, bat speed, 49 and a half miles an hour at six years old. Coach was like, man, I got some eight, nine-year-olds that are only hitting 51, 52. Slapping everything. Pow, 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 pow. Slapping. Stance looks good. Balance is better. And I had to let him know, hey, man, this is what happens when you work. When you're committed, even at six years old, you can see the fundamental and monumental progressions and steps of improvement that a six-year-old, right, in a matter of months. And that's what can happen in this game that we play. You will get better. You will learn how to package up trades the right way in order to get somebody to accept. You will learn to not be committed to the player name, right? To not be so dug into, I have to have that insert player. You will understand the pockets and windows of positional value within that particular league you will learn process here on this channel on our YouTube very shortly on our website you will learn process you will hear process you will still hear and see player eval because I do believe that we can spot archetypes we can. I talk about it all the time. And we'll do this on another untitled. The Trinity. The Holy Trinity of Receivers. I've been preaching that to our community. You could spot archetypes. And when you can spot those archetypes, doesn't mean you're going to be 100% right, but you can make a plus EV bet on a particular outcome for said player based on historical data of that position. We can spot that. We have developed formulas, looking at metrics, a plan, visual aid to help you see it. Because I'm a visual learner, right? You could tell me all day, but I got to see it. We will provide you a process. My charge to you as we move forward into the 2023 season, collegiate and NFL, redraft and dynasty, best ball and prop betting, I want commitment. Try it. Try it. Come over. Be a part of our community. Come sign up. When the website launches, get immersed. Get into it. Tap into what we're doing. Especially with how shitty Elon Musk has made Twitter right now. I'm telling you, the process in which we operate will fundamentally change the way that you go about this game that we play. And if you can be committed to the process, be committed to the plan, have the dynasty discipline, the commitment, the, motiv the motivation to stick with that plan, I promise you, you will be successful. And more so than just being successful, you will learn how to navigate this space, this game, without being emotionally 
attached to the times where the outcome was unexpected. And that's important. That is important. So commit. Commit to yourself. Commit to your teams. Commit to yourself that this is the place that you want to be in order to be better at this game that we play. And if you could commit to that, shit, I got y'all, man. The process is going to be, the process is going to take care of everything it needs to. So as we move forward, as we have conversations, as we talk, make sure that the theme of E1, of EP1, episode one, remains through and through. Can you be committed to the process without being emotionally attached to the results? Thank you.